Lily. Lily is a New York State licensed esthetician with over 30 years of experience in the beauty industry, specializing in organic facials, body treatments, and back facials using real products straight from nature. This podcast is here to educate you about your skin issues. Your skin is her passion. Listen for tips about skincare and your overall health and well-being. And now, here's Lily. Ah, uh, yes, here I am. Here I am. That's Danny Hauger. Danny's a professional announcer and also musician, and you can pick up his music if you might be interested in it. Uh, Danny Hauger, he's available on iTunes, and um, he's also got, uh, gosh, I can't remember right off the top of my head, but I, I think it's Danny Hauger at uh, Gmail, but I'm not positive about that, so maybe better not. I'll, I'll remember it the next time, and I'll say it again. So, but you can definitely get him on iTunes, that's for sure. Anyway, every time Danny says, which, you know, of course, I gave him the information to say, but uh, every time he says, you know, Willie has 30 years of experience, I go, oh, you know, because <laughs> like, uh, I can't believe that I have 30 years of experience of anything, but um, hey, whatever, you know what, the way I look at it, I don't mind getting, um, wait, let me get, make sure I get this right. I don't mind getting older, okay, because if I didn't get older, that means I'll be dead. So uh, what I like to do is not get old, if, if possible, you know. Um, and what does that word really even mean anyway? I'm so sick of that word. It's just such a gross, you know, just such a derogatory term to use for people, and especially people who every one of us is going to reach it. You know, hopefully, you know, like I said, you want to get older because if you don't get older, that means you're going to be dead. So there's really not much of a choice there. So, you know, I don't like to call it older. I like to call it seasoned. Seasoned. Because we all start out like a little blank slate and then as we go along life, we get some sweet, we get some spicy, we get some bitter, and we get more seasoned. That's that's how I look at it, okay? So don't ever be calling me old because I don't go for it. All right, now, um, speaking of old and older and all that, this started bringing me toward my, uh, my podcasting today, and I thought to myself, you know what? I had mentioned that I wanted to uh, hit on the different decades, like give each decade its own little podcast. And uh, today, of course, since I am an 80s child, I have decided to begin with the 80s. Even though you would think I would begin maybe with the 20s, but, you know, or even ancient times, but that's not my way. You know, I, I uh, march to my own drum. So, um, yeah, so uh, I'm going to start with the 80s today. It's not all going to be about skincare, because honestly, how much can you talk about skincare? I mean, yeah, there's plenty to talk about, but. You know, you got to mix it up a little bit because I, I don't know about you, but that would bore me if I, all I did was ever get on here and just talk about skincare only, nothing else. Kind of boring. So, I don't know. I want to mix my show in with other things, you know, other thoughts, other, other fun stuff that I find fun. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. I don't know. I hope you do. So, anyway, um, the 80s was a great time as far as I'm concerned. It was a lot of fun to 
be growing up in the 80s. Um, I was a big roller skater. I loved to roller skate. I went every weekend to a place near my house. Um, I used to stay for overnight overnight skates even sometimes. That was a big treat, you know, because uh, I wasn't allowed to do much. It wasn't like the kids today, you know, you're just allowed to go running rampant, doing whatever you want, um, basically. Uh, you have cell phones, which make your parents feel safer and all this other stuff. Um, we went out. I mean, we, you know, I obviously went out of my home, but uh, we, we came in, you know, when the street lights um, went on, because we were actually outside playing and stuff, you know. But uh, at the, in, in the eighties, I was more of a teenager. I was probably about like in eighty-five. I would have been uh, eighteen. That was when I um, quit high school. Seventeen, I quit. Uh, big mistake, by the way. But of course, then I didn't think it was a big mistake. I thought it was the best thing since sliced bread. I didn't have to go to school, <laughs> you know. But it was really stupid stupid thing to do so for all you kids out there thinking about doing that uh i would think again you know i really would it's it's and i'm not lecturing you on it because i know no one can change your mind if if that's what you have your mind set on no one can change mine but you need to uh have that education if you don't have it you're not gonna have nothing it's that simple so if you want nothing then don't get the education all right so let's move on so now the 80s was really like a fun time um, some of the styles at the time were like we'd wear headbands, we would wear um, uh, wristbands. This was like as fashion, not even when you were working out or anything. This was just fashion. Neon colors, leg warmers, you know, because working out was getting more popular then and being more physical. Speaking of Olivia Newton-John and, you know, the song Let's Get Physical. Um, all that was coming out, you know, like I said, roller skating was very big then. A lot of people were getting much more physical at that time, so, you know, there was, um, it was starting to trend into the, into the, um, the world of fashion. So, you know, now you look back at it, we look ridiculous, but at the time we thought we looked fantastic in it. You know, just like you're going to think you look great right now. And when 20 years from now, when you look at it with your kids, they're going to be laughing at you. Trust me. I don't care how cute you think you are right now. Your kids are going to laugh at you. Period. You know? That's just uh, the way the world goes. So, all right. So, uh, another thing that we like to do was uh, with our makeup, we like to outline the lips in a very dark color. I still see some young ladies wearing it that way today. <laughs> um, I don't know. I kind of like it. But I think it's got to be blended. You know, you don't want to just draw it. And then, you know, in a way, they're getting back to that a little bit, too. Like, I love how they make fun of stuff. And, oh, it's ridiculous. And then they start to come kind of back to it. But they tweak it a little bit. And they make it better. Which that did definitely need some tweaking. But, you know, now all of a sudden it's the ombre lip. You know, that basically was the ombre lip. It's just that we didn't blend it, you know, because we were more punk. We wanted a more hard, more punk type of look. So, you know, I liked it at the time. I mean, I wore it all the time. I'm, you know, I admit I wore it. I loved it. And I was kind of bummed when it went out because I, I thought my lips looked great in it. So, but if I wore it today, you know, you, get, you take some beating for that. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so that was one look. And then, uh, of course, perms were coming into um, 
being big, you know, we'd get perms, long perms and stuff like that. But your hair just got messed up with that stuff. It wasn't good. Um, and then uh, you had the, uh, <laughs> the mullet, which, oh, my God, even just the name of it is disgusting. You know, like there's nothing good about it. I admit, again, too, I had it at one point. I had a form of it. I had the feathered uh, mullet, which was the more female version of it. And, um, I mean, I liked it actually better on the females, at least. The males, even then, I did not like it on the males. I don't know. I'm just very, I'm a very, I like masculine-looking guys. That's just the way I am. You know, it's just my personal feel for it. It doesn't mean anyone else is right or wrong. It's just the way I feel. So, I just like a guy who's very manly-looking. And to me, even at that time, that just didn't seem manly-looking to me. So, Whatever. But it was a style, and we wore it, and we wore it gladly, and we thought we looked hot in it, and that's the way it was. Um, you also had something called rat tails, which was like you get your hair cut pretty short, like in a DA, kind of, and then you would just have like one, you know, very thin strand, not just a strand, like quite a few strands, but not a lot, like a thin rat tail hanging off the back, and you could braid it or, you know, color it neon or whatever again at that time like so hot but now uh, not so hot alright so um, as far as makeup went um, bright colored eyeshadows lots of neon um, just bright and you know mixing it in and uh, putting it all the way up to the eyebrows on the brow you know so if you did your makeup that way um, it would accuse you of uh, being too 80s. Although I'm starting to see the trend kind of go up there a little bit again. Alright, so it didn't look bad. Um, I think it looked pretty good myself, but, you know, like I said, everything has its time, and then everything has its time to come back, because they all come back. The wingtip liner that you're seeing right now, you didn't start that. Your generation did not start that. That was from, like, the 50s. Okay, maybe even beyond, but the most popular time that winged eye like that was, was the 50s and uh, Marilyn Monroe and the glamour era of uh, Hollywood. So, you know, nothing is new. Everything is revamped and remade, reconditioned, and uh, that's it as far as cosmetics go. I mean, yeah, they make them better now, you know, they make them differently, but I'm talking about the styles. The styling, it just it goes in, it comes out, it goes in, it comes out. But it's basically the same, you know, variation. It's different variations on the same ideas. Okay? And thankfully, we have very creative people out there who come up with some awesome new things. And it's very exciting. That's what I love about the beauty industry. For me, personally, I'm very creative. I'm very... Um, I got to keep it moving. I got to keep it moving or I get bored. So I love it because it just fulfills every aspect of my personality, every single side of me. You know, the skincare side is like, you know, the more intellectual type side. Not saying that makeup artists aren't intellectual. It's not what I'm saying whatsoever. They're very intellectual, as a matter of fact. The, art of make uh, the artistry of makeup application. Let me tell you something, very, very difficult to do right and to make people look the way some of these artists, 
make them look is just incredible. You know, I really get angry throughout my life when I hear people, like someone, let's say a young girl or something, will say, oh, well, I'm going to beauty school. And people are almost like, oh, oh, you're going to beauty school? Um, you should really go to college. Or, you know, why? You know, college is not for everyone. Some people don't like college, so stop that. You can make a lot of money in the beauty industry, and you can, if you love it, what's better than that? You know? What's better than going to a job every day that you truly love? That's why at 48 years old, I had to go back to school because I listened to other people, you know, telling me what I'm supposed to do. You don't, you don't listen to other people. You do what's good in your heart for you because those other people aren't going to pay you bills. All right? So... Let's, um, let's talk about uh, what else we got here. I was doing some research earlier today for you. Oh, okay. Um, so let's talk about uh, the skincare of the 80s. What was going on then? Really, skincare at that time was not a huge thing. It wasn't that big of a deal. You had estheticians. You know, you had all of that. But that was more like a luxury. Like getting a facial was a real luxury, you know? Um, I remember when I was a manicurist, um, I really didn't want to be a manicurist. My mom kind of walked me down the block and was like, you know, teach this to my daughter. And I did an internship, and that's how I learned because you didn't need a license at the time. But, um, you know, I liked it, but it wasn't, you know, what I wanted to be. I really didn't know what I wanted to be. I wanted to be so many different things. So uh, what I did was I used to go into the esthetician's room all the time. I remember this so vividly. And I would get facials once in a while from her, and I just would lay there in the bed waiting for her to come back in the room or something and think, wow, this room is so cool. Like, everything just looks so cool here. I wish I could learn this. You know, but for that, you needed the license. So, you know, my mom wasn't going to dish out, you know, 10 grand for school, not knowing if this was something I really wanted to do. But honestly, after I thought about it that few times, I never really thought about it again. Like, I never really thought about it again as far as, oh, I might want to do that with my life until I became uh, a beauty manager at the CVS and I started helping people, getting more involved in skincare. Vichy and La Roche-Posay were sending me for trainings for their products because they're cosmeceuticals. Everyone else didn't want to go to the trainings. I would get excited about it. I'm standing there thinking to myself, what am I doing? You know, yeah, I'm 48 years old, but at the same time, I got like maybe, hopefully, God willing, another 20 years to be working here. You know, is this really what I want to be for the rest of my life? No, was the answer. And so I got up and I did something about that and I went back to school and then I went to school and now I'm an esthetician and um, I love my job. So don't talk down about people that do cosmetic artistry, hair art, you know, uh, salons. All this stuff, it's not as easy as you think it is. That's why you pay a lot of money for someone else to do it. There's a lot involved, a lot of learning, a lot of things that you have to know, a lot of knowledge, and that's what you're paying someone for. You're paying, you know, my dad once told me that. <coughs> I'll never forget it. I'm sorry, that was uh, one of my machines. Uh, my dad once told me that, and I'll never forget it. That, um... First of all, people are always watching you. Someone's always watching you, okay? So when you're doing your work, do your best because somebody's looking at you and somebody might be offering you something better. And as far as uh, looking down upon others and their job, 
no matter what their job is, how menial you think it is to yours, you may not know how to do it. It could be something really simple, but you still don't know how to do it. So you're paying the person for their knowledge. That's what you're paying them for, okay? You're paying them for putting in the hard work and, and their knowledge. So don't look down at hairdressers and, and people in cosmetology and all of us because, really, we, we have a lot that we have to know. And our education continues all the time, all throughout our careers and throughout our lives. So don't even talk to me about that. So now in the skincare realm, um, in the 80s, it really was not a big deal. So, um, so people would use like things like Noxzema, uh, Pfizerderm was a big one, which a lot of people still like today. I don't even know if they still make it, to be honest. I know they did for a short time at CVS and then it was gone. So I don't really know if it's still even out there. But there was just some very basic, basic things that people were using to cleanse the skin, to, um, to moisturize the skin, if they were even doing that. Many people were not wearing a sunblock, wasn't even a consideration. Um, so a lot of things have changed in the skincare realm from the 80s until today. Lots and lots of technology has come to fruition and come out. Nano-cosmeceuticals and, and lasers and light therapy and all these other things, Botox and retinols over the counter and just so many things and alpha hydroxys and glycolic acids and peels and chemical peels and different kinds of scrubs and you go out there and you don't even know what to buy anymore. It's just like it's too much. It's just it's too much for the average consumer to consume. Okay? Because like I said, skin care is a science. It's not just put something on your face and as long as you don't get a reaction, you should be good. It could be giving you an adverse reaction, could be giving you no reaction, or it could be giving you a good reaction. Okay? But it depends on your personal skin and your personal skin type. And there's many different types. And then you could have a type with a disorder involved or a type with another type. As well, like normal to dry, normal to oily, oily, dry, dehydrated, you know, too much acid in the skin, not enough acid in the skin, too much alkalinity, not enough alkalinity. It's a science. It's not as easy as you think. All right? Even, even us estheticians sometimes are not exactly sure what's going to work. We try. We try to, you know... With our eyes, with our ears, we listen. With our eyes, we look. You know, with our knowledge, we use. And we come up with a plan. And hopefully that plan's going to give you some good result. You know, and hopefully do no harm. Of course, do no harm. That's what our main goal is. So, um... But, you know, so... Noxema was a big thing, and uh, it's still used a lot today, you know. It's not the worst thing for you. It gives you that nice eucalyptus um, cooling effect after. If you have some acne, it might dry up the acne a bit, you know, but it's just not the best thing, in my opinion, out there. I mean, there are so many other things, but, you know, if that's what you use and that's what you like to use, I don't really have a problem with it. You know, if you've been using it and it works for you, if you've been using something and it works for you and you're happy with it, Go right ahead. Be my guest. You know, who am I to tell you? If you're getting results and you're happy, go for it. I'm, I'm really happy for that. I really am. That's a good thing. 
Alright, so just keep using that if that's a good thing for you. Um, so yeah, the skincare was kind of like weak then. You know, it really wasn't, I don't think I ever saw my mom really do much with her skin. Um, I, I at the time was very into skincare as much as they had out there. Uh, because I guess, like I said, underlying, you know, I had this subconscious um, calling to it. You know, that I didn't realize till later on in life. And uh, when I went to Christine Balme to tour the school to see what schools I wanted to go to, and to be honest, even just make sure that this is what I wanted to do, because, hey, you know what? I was going to give up a year and a half of my life, and it was going to be really hard to do, too, you know, just in general. So uh, I had to really make a decision here, and so I went to go visit the school, and they gave me the tour and everything, and I was very excited about all of it. And then we got to the... Um, the essential oils room and the tour guide at the time looked at me and said well you know this is our essential oils room and I uh, hear you're going to learn how to mix your own masks and create your own creams and do your own things and when she said that like I swear to you I got butterflies in my stomach like when you're in love with someone so um, yeah I knew that this was my calling and this was my school and I had to make it happen, no matter what it took. And it took. It took a lot, but I made it happen. So um, so that's why I'm here today, talking to you. And uh, hopefully you're enjoying my podcast. Hopefully I don't aggravate you too badly. <laughs> so we wore uh, very bold colors on the cheeks. Okay, Punk was coming in. You know, punk was very big at that time. Um, not true punk. I mean, true punk is a whole nother story. I'm talking about pop punk. I'm talking about, um, the heck is her name now? Cindy Lauper. Um, talking about like Blondie, you know, stuff like that. That was, th those people were just like so fun to, it was so fun to grow up in that time. We just, we, we really had a lot of leeway. We were very creative. Um, we had a lot of fun. Like I said, I love going roller skating. I was so excited when I got my first pair of roller skates. They were white with green neon wheels. And uh, I got them for my birthday. I think it was my 16th birthday. And um, I'll never forget that. Fun, fun, fun. Um, so, yeah. So, then you had uh, in hairstyles, too, you had the side pony, which was a big favorite of mine. Now I look back at it and I'm like, really? I thought I looked so cute in this side pony. I can't even tell you. I remember uh, a crush of mine, I was going to his house because his sister was um, my best friend. And I had the side pony in. I had my neon everything on. I was looking hot in my estimation, you know. And uh, he actually paid attention to me that day for the first time. And that then just cemented the fact that, yeah, it was definitely the side ponytail that created that effect. So therefore, the side ponytail became like my everyday look. It was my signature look. So it wasn't exactly on the side. It was like a little bit up, but it definitely was like, um, uh, I guess you would say parallel, parallel, parallel to the ear, but like up a little bit, but not on top of the head, like sticking out the side of the top of your head. Kind of crazy, but I don't know. Like I said, that was it then. Um... What else? What else do we do? Um, 
Yeah, so, you know, crimping, we did crimping of our hair, which was like we wet it the night before, and then your friend or yourself, you would make like a million little tiny, tiny braids, and then sleep overnight with it, and then in the morning you take it out and your hair was just completely crimped. And it looked terrible. <laughs> you know, our, our hairstyles then were just really bad. I don't, I look back at them now and I'm like, wow, it really was scary the way we wore our hair. I don't, I, I don't even understand that I thought that was looking good at the time, but I did. Um, right? So then, you know, as we got more into the 90s, we started, you know, leaving into the 80s. Um, people were getting more into skincare and they would do things more like exfoliating the bodies. You know, not many people were exfoliating the skin on the face for some reason. They just were doing the bodies. Maybe because there was nothing out, really. And there was no internet, so there was no finding this information out. There was no do-it-yourself stuff, you know, that you could just go find. I'm sure there was books and stuff, but who was going to look for that? You know, you probably didn't even know it existed. So, natural skin care like that, you, you just didn't even know, you know? Um, so, you know... As time went on, technology grew, and things just got better and better. And, um, you know, today we have creams that have um, alpha hydroxies in them, um, retinols, you know, things that you used to need prescriptions for from the dermatologist or only were able to be used by estheticians. Um, now in much weaker forms, of course. You know, you're not going to get the same kind of form of anything that I can get uh, being a professional. Even though it sounds like the same thing, it's not the same thing. You know, because we are professionals, especially um, me, of course, as opposed to a dermatologist. Whatever I can use, um, dermatologists can use even stronger variety of certain things that I can use for the skin. So, you know, but you always start, like I said, start with the natural. See what you can get going there. Then move into the mass market or, you know, uh, cosmeceuticals. And then if nothing's working there, then you can go see me or your dermatologist. And your dermatologist you need to see anyway. Like once a year, you should be seeing your dermatologist. You know, and if you go to an esthetician, if they don't think it's something that they can deal with, they should be telling you that, and they shouldn't be putting you in the chair. They should be telling you, and honestly, I've heard of people, you know, arguing with the esthetician about, no, it's fine, it's fine. No, no. If your esthetician feels that it's not fine, that you get the facial or that you get a certain treatment, it's not fine. That's it. You know, we are the professional. We're telling you because we don't want to do damage to you. So don't try to talk your esthetician into doing something for you that she feels is not right for you. The only thing that's going to come out of that is a horror story. So trust the professionals. Do what they ask you to do so that you're safe because it's not a joke. You know, skincare is not a joke. A lot, of, a lot of stuff can happen. So, you know, you need to really be smart. All right? And, um, yeah, so, you know, the 80s was just a really fun time. Um, I enjoyed it very much. Um, you know, I hate to have to say that because I guess I'm old school. But you know what? In today's new school, uh, I think I'd rather be old school, to be honest. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that I really, really rather be old school. All right, so yeah, you have the best day ever.
finish up your weekend with uh, something banging, something fun. And, uh, huh, you love the 80s. Oh, and by the way, CNN is doing some kind of thing on the 80s right now. So you might want to check that out, too, if you want to learn more about the time when your favorite esthetician was brought into this world. Hello. Have a good day.